much. So all go welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here because you've been, uh, you know, helping out a lot of people deal with a lot of stress issues, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like we basically, it's kind of like personal story as well, right? Because like we worked in Fortune 500 companies with my husband for majority of the time. So like over two, two decades across both of us. And he had um, burnouts. I had severe anxiety attacks. But kind of like coming from this backgrounds and like understanding that we are moving not in the right direction. And just like it's kind of like a very, um, yeah, desire from the heart to help people to not go down that route, but do something different for a living, something with more meaning for them. Like, how do you, why do you see that there is a meaning for some, like, like people are looking for like coaching to be able to, to, to be for the, for this kind of situation? Cause you know, there's coaches all over the world in every particular area. Then why do you service that part? They're like, well, what made you want to become a coach yourself? Yeah. So that was like, kind of like a search for, for my way out of corporates at the time, like when I described it to you like with this like burnout and anxiety like we wanted a second child with my husband we couldn't get pregnant for two years um like the the little one that's uh we had already our first one like one day i was picking her up from daycare she was punching me in the face and she was screaming that's homeless shit and she doesn't want to go home and that was kind of like the last drop i was like i don't want this shit but i want like i don't know what else i want like what is it that i want and that kind of led me at that time to hire my first coach to figure it out and that somehow we came to the conclusion that I would be a great coach myself. And I'm embarked on this journey. I like, kind of like dragged my husband in that. And like, <laughs> he also, he also loved it. And I think like, it's just having experienced that, you know, like that you are so lost. You're kind of like losing a sense of your identity, like in, like in just doing what society told you to do, because like, it feels like we've been plugged into this matrix, like from the get go. You go to school, right? And the school doesn't prepare us to be entrepreneurs. The school prepares us to be good employees. And then we get education in college or university. And then we go get our first job. And then like, you know, like we get a couple of promotions and we're supposed to be happy at this moment of time because like we are like doing what everybody else is doing. And yet like majority of our clients, when they come to us, they're like, I have no fucking clue. I'm unhappy. I feel lost. I lost a sense of direction. This doesn't fulfill me. Like they are like on the verge of depression or burnout or anxiety, like we had. Right? I mean, like, like, if you'd, yeah, you've noticed that there's plenty of issues all over where, let's say, you know, I think as, as you mentioned, we are conditioned to work as employees because of school. And we were not, we, it's like, because we were doing something that was not, uh, that was not heard of in like in the previous years of human evolution, right? Like yeah. before we used to be like, start off with hunters, hunter gatherers, and we went into agriculture, then we went into, you know, land ownership. And then from there, I think the moment we started getting wealth, one, the moment we started accumulating wealth in whatever we do, that's when we realized we needed to find something else and the people just start to going into these different things i think we you know in a way humans are not have still been conditioned to be like the hunter gatherer way right because we've only had agri mm -hmm. agriculture for the last six thousand years and that kind of was the uh, like because that's, i think is that the reason do you feel like that's the reason why like a lot of stress and anxiety takes place when people are going to work rather than like, whether, whether if it's corporate or something like that 
I think like just from from experience of working with people, a lot of anxiety comes from moving too far away from who we are and giving like kind of this this power over ourselves to other people, like really looking outside too much, like what's what other people are saying, what are they expecting, what are their expectations, what I have to be, you know, like behaving on a certain level, communicating in a certain way, expressing myself in a certain way. And anxiety comes more more from this um this kind of like betrayal of self and not being able to express yourself authentically yeah uh why do you feel that uh, let's just say in, in the corporate world why do people want people other people to, let's say they want to mold people in a certain way instead of just like you know let people be their authentic selves and just let them do what they want to do i think that it's not because the corporate is evil per se or something but they need some standard ways of evaluating people right because like they, they're trying to be fair to to everybody the thing is, like, it doesn't really work with, like, with human beings because we are not, like, standard. We are all very, like, it's kind of like we have things which are super similar in all of us, right? Like, we're all experiencing the same emotions, per se, but we all have very different experiences and we all have very different, what we call, um, unique gifts or unique skills. Something which is, like, really innate for us and that is very easy. But we dismiss these things as, like, something valuable. And in corporate, it's also not always seen as something valuable. Like nobody's trying to necessarily match you to like to the best position ever in the company. But it's like, oh, you have a job description like you have to fulfill, you know, like we have to evaluate you somehow because we have a performance standard. And that's kind of like where it's where it goes kind of wrong, wrong way. Well, where, which company did you work at previously? Um, Adidas, Wayfair, like if, if we're talking about Fortune 500 companies, those those ones. Oh, got it. And so, okay, let's let's go back. Let's go back in time. Last two, you know, who you are. Let's say, let's get into more about like what who you are, where did you come from, or what made you, you know, go from corporate into this world, into into the world of coaching. Well, like I think like I was never really fitting fitting well um, into the corporate world. But it's like it's maybe because also like my um, my background like I come from a very um, poor family in in Russia like very like kind of like tough social background. Um, my mom was an alcoholic. Um, she took a lot of like credits like that she couldn't pay back. And I think like I always have um, this relationship with myself that I trust myself a lot much more than like people around me. And also, I have experienced a lot of shit with money. So from this perspective, like I'm not, I'm not really scared of like risk, or I don't have like a lot of this um, anxiety about like what if something doesn't work out because like I went through so much like uh, in my life that like stuff always works out. Like if 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 you like just willing to to do something about it. So in corporates, I think like I was not really fitting well into the into the whole culture. I was very straightforward. So I don't like to talk about yeah. Would you yeah. would you consider yourself like a top student in school that just got like that that got you the pathway into the world of corporate? Yep. <laughs> I, I, I presume. I think. I think. I presume. Okay, you were like, you know, you, your parents told you you got to study hard because you know we're poor and we have to. If you want to have a better standard of living. You have to work in corporate, or like you have to get high grades to be able to work in corporate, and then kind of yep. yeah, that's like the story, <laughs> story of everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so much. like, were you, what were you like as a student in a way? Like you were just like the top, like top tier student. Or I was, I was a fucking nerd. <laughs> 
I, I studied a lot and like um, had a lot of like constantly hanging out at the library and books and stuff. It was like always like top, like straight eight students. Um, I mean, like it's like I started in Russia, but it was like the top university in Russia as well. So like I, I got I got a job pretty easily um, right after. But I also walked my way up from the very bottom because like I studied fine arts. So like I had yeah. like I started nothing connected to business as well. So, you know, like I'm a theater critic. And then like, you just can't earn money like with, with that profession in Russia. So like at some point I was like, you know, I need to switch to marketing. You, 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 can't, <laughs> you, can't, you couldn't become Tolstoy. <laughs> yes, I couldn't become Tolstoy. But yeah, so like I went into marketing, I started like as a personal assistant to a marketing director and then like very quickly grew to managing a team of 40 people. So like by the age of 23, I was managing a team of 40 people. That's all. And that's, then... that's, that's, that's like a model achievement right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told you, like I was nerdy. And uh, yeah, like I was also like the first employee in Adidas Russia who was invited over to um, global headquarters. So I moved like as the first Russian, yay. Um, to Germany and that's basically like where everything went downhill because like I somehow got in this this like huge machine where like um, I was not the, the, the top one anymore. <laughs> You're like okay now you got to compete with the with the big guys now because you were you were like the, the cream of the crop in Russia now that was not enough to beat when you're going to, when you're going to Germany. Absolutely. But it's also like, I feel like because it's so big and so slow and so inefficient, at some point you start feeling like you're just stuck like with a, with a bunch of like C and D player, while yeah. like you are actually much smarter yeah. than other people. But it's like, you can't push your ideas through. Like people look at you like you're crazy. It's like, oh no, that's not, never gonna work. You know, like, oh, just leave this idea. Who needs this? You know, just, <laughs> you know, just listen to what others told you. Like, just do that. Right. And and then now fast forward to what you're doing now it's like you just decide you know what i'm done with i'm done with what i'm doing on adidas or whatever and or especially the corporate world i shut it down and then now i'm in the world of uh coaching so what yes. was what like what so you just so tell me i think you mentioned earlier that you went through you had a coach that taught you something that taught you some important ask important uh, things and then you then became a coach yourself so what was that like transition like it was scary because like i had only 10 10k savings at that time so like that was pretty much the cost of my education <laughs> so i i put this money into like invested in myself like went through this study and like that was also the time i got pregnant second time and like i remember this this moment when i was highly pregnant like lying on the bed crying, hugging my belly and it was like, oh my God, like I can't provide for, for my children because like we're making minus thousand euro every month with my husband. I can't pay my health insurance. And that was like, that was not easy, but that was the moment I was like, okay, you know what? Bitch, if money was not an issue right now, like if you could do anything, what would you do? And that was kind of like a kick in the butt to start getting paying clients and like slowly step-by-step next step, like, referrals first. And then like through some organic markets and getting more people in. So what do you advise these clients? So now that you started your business, what do you mostly advise these clients? And you said you offer like a neuroscientific way of saying, okay, you don't have to have anxiety when you're building something, right? Well, what is that typically like? It's just like, so basically I'm always trying to teach people how their brain works because like I'm, I'm very nerdy from this perspective as well, because it's very difficult to make a change because like basically we are not conditioned as humans for, for making 
can make any change, right? Like our our brain was never designed to make us happy. I was our brain was designed for survival, right? Because for majority of of times, like of evolution, we were surviving. So it's it's proven scientifically that like by the age of 35, we're functioning 95% on autopilot. So basically, like the thoughts that we're having today are 95% the same thoughts we had yesterday. And 87% of those thoughts are negative, right? So it's very difficult to change because our brain, right? Like everything that is not new, that is new, that is not like proven that we don't have experience is considered by our brain dangerous. It's kind of like we have this like a part on the side of our head, which is called hippocampus. And hippocampus is like a giant database of all experiences we had to date, right? So if we are not like when we're trying to make a change, our brain starts like running kind of on the back end this database and trying to match the new action towards like some action we did in the past to find if there was a positive experience. And if it doesn't find any information or finds a negative experience, it assumes, you know, danger and dying just in case to preserve itself. Yeah, it's just like how your mind reacts, especially during COVID. You, your mind reacts in a very anxious way, right? Because you don't know what's going on. What's Is there going to be a life coming? Are we going to get sick or are we going to be able to be prosperous in this very rough economy? Or is there going to be, what's the future like post this period? Or yeah, there's... I think I presume COVID kind of gave that sense that everyone is very anxious about something. And so with what you've been doing with that coaching, because you said you started this during COVID and that was like a tipping point where people were like, oh, I need some, I need some help because I, I'm very anxious about things. So yeah. So how were you able to gather those kinds of clients? So first referral, like, um, and basically like generally like what I would recommend to people who are just starting out is to focus on sales in the beginning. Like it's a lot of times, especially when people come from corporate backgrounds, right? Like majority of our clients, people have this perception that like they need to have everything perfect. They need to have their website, their logo, like everything, like all ducks in a row, you know? But because they're coming from these multi-billion corporations, of course they have all, all this stuff going on and agencies working for them and perfect marketing and tools and whatever. And it's like, I don't know, ads running all over the uh, internet. But the thing is, in the beginning, when you're just starting out, if you're a solopreneur, if you're like not looking for, for investments, if you're not looking for funding from someone, like if you're just starting by yourself, the only skill you need is sales. You need to understand what you're offering, for whom, who's going to buy your product or service, and you really need to hone on this one skill. Because you don't need a logo, you don't need a website, you don't need to know nothing. Right. You just need to be able to sell. And we always kind of like teach people to sell authentically, like from service, from really caring for like for people who are in front of them. And I think that's like is the best that you can do in the beginning, because that creates a word of mouth in the beginning. And you can always ask, right, like if you did a good job, like with, with your client, with your customers, like whatever that you do, you can always ask for a referral. You can always ask to spread the word. And that's where the first clients usually come from. They come from your network at first. Yeah. And where do you, where is it currently right now? Like, you know, you got your net referrals. Now, where, where, where are your base of clients mostly from? So it's, it's, it's Europe. There we have some people in Germany, some people in the Netherlands, some people from UK. We have a couple of clients in the US as well, but like sometimes it's different, difficult because of the um, time difference, right? Different time zones. But that's basically, that's it, like, like surprisingly, like, uh, we're getting also some Russian clients, which I never thought I would be working with, but mostly those who live internationally as well. So why did, uh, why do they come to you as for advice in, in these things compared to, let's say, you know, there's like, as I'm, if I, if I recall, I've said that there are plenty of coaches all over the world. Yep. 
there's so many of them you're competing against all of them so how are you is the one that's saying like you're how how are you the person that brings in these clients to you? because like i don't really believe in competition that much because like rather than like focusing on what your competitors are doing rather focus on how you are unique and when you are unique and people hear you like in a certain way like you know like all coaches talk about all the same stuff like we all talk about the same talk about mindset and this and that right but the way how you talk about it like might be different and some people will be attracted to one person some people will be attracted to me like a lot of people say that's like in there like it's kind of like when we are coaches and we're noticing like in our network a lot of coaches we think that people also know a ton of coaches that's not true that's, that's simply not true like i might be the only coach they know like in their network right like without whom they know so like that should never stop anyone like from from going out there and doing their thing authentically right that's um yeah so both so let's just say for example i decided to Let's say I walk. So I, I work at a corporate office and I'm getting kind of sick of the work of I'm getting anxious. I'm doing all this stuff. So how do you let's say if I need to build a business or if I want to do something of my own choice the how, and if I come to you, how would you advise me on how to build it? So how do you like how do you keep my how do you advise me to keep my anxiety low and everything like that? So first of all, like we need to clear out like why anxiety is there and raise the overall energy. And we always like start first, especially with people from from corporate and working on their like well-being holistically first, like getting in like in place their exercise, their eating habits, like their like way how they just interact with the world because like their energy needs to be high because if there is no energy, they won't start anything. So that's the first thing because as a as a founder of a new business, you are the most important asset. In corporate, you're replaceable. In your own business, you're irreplaceable. If like if you are not functioning, then nothing is functioning. So the second thing, like we would look with them at their life purpose. So like we have like a certain methodology that's like helps like in a very fast, efficient way to get out somebody's life purpose. Um, we look at their values and we look at their kind of like unique gifts and like also the skills that they have, like the passions that they have. And we kind of like combine it all together and we start forming business ideas. And usually we love to work in groups because people can also mastermind together and like give each other like different angles um, to the idea. But basically, if to be completely honest, people always have their perfect idea in mind. They always have it. They're just too scared to to say that that's what they want. And so basically, what are, like what? It, yeah. Go. So what are some examples of ideas that popped out of your masterminds or your coaching sessions? So a lot of times, like people work in like some techie jobs or in sales or something, and they actually want to do something with their hands. Like they want to cook or they want to do some farm to table service. Um, they want to like screw on the engines of old Vespers and like start a circular economy workshop. You know, like some people want to do crafts. Um, some people are creative, so like they do something with um, photography. Some people aspire to be coaches. Some people do some educational projects. Um, so it's really, really different. It really depends like um, where your tendency is. And usually um, somewhere between the age of six and 14, you already knew you were like getting lost in some activities that were bringing you like an intense amount of joy. And then at some point, people around you started influencing you and saying that maybe it's not the best logical choice and you won't make money with that. And you give up this idea whilst actually like you have it inside of you. Yeah, and I, I can guarantee you so many ideas that I had that were all there that everyone's saying you can't do it, 
because you don't have the ability to be able to do so. I mean, it's. I think you, I've I've had that experience personally where I was I had the idea of getting into something, and because and let's say I got into I started working on this for two weeks, people then start telling you like, oh, where are the results? Where are the results? Where where are, why aren't you getting any results in these in two weeks? I'm, that kind of like that is one big hurdle that everyone has to cross, right? Because everyone around them they think. They have, they have what it, people, they, the people around them think that they don't have what it, that, that person does not have what it, what he or, he or, that what it, what he or she takes to be able to, you know, go forward with it, right? Absolutely. I think like that's the most difficult part because we're social animals, right? So like kind of, we, we don't want to break this connection with, like with the group of people we're around. And it's like our family and friends are the worst. Like I will tell you, like it was the same for us, for myself and my husband, because like our family was telling us like, oh, come on, look around. There's plenty of coaches who's going to work with you, right? Like, oh, like it's never going to work. Like you're crazy. You have like a good paid job and like one of the top companies. Why would you like go out and do something on your own? And that's why like we, we love building this community. It's, it's a small community for now, right? So it's like we worked with like some 54 people. So by now it's a small community, but it's very tight because um, you need people who are on the same journey with you, who would like support you, who struggle with the same things. Because like if you're just doing it on your own in your old environments, like it's very very difficult. Everybody will tell you like you you won't make it. Yeah, you won't make it. And funny thing is, because I had to shift places just to make sure, because like, I'm I have my own project that I'm working on my own outside outside I mean, along with this podcast and my other things that I just decided, you know what, the only way I'm able to, to get this done is if I'm not in the vicinity of the people who won't give, who will give me, when I'm not in the vicinity of the people who just say, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, and that's the difficult part, right? That's where, like, inter entrepreneurship becomes a bit of this, like, spiritual game when you have to believe in the result that nobody else sees yet. Like, you are able to see this result. You have the vision, but others don't don't see it, right? So they, of course, like, they, they do it not because they're evil. They care about you, right? Like, some, some, some people are upset because you are affording yourself to do something that they won't afford themselves, right? Because they are too scared to go out of corporate environment, for example, and start something of their own. Your family and your closest friends, they probably really care because they really, they're really scared that you're gonna harm yourself, right? But they're not able to see the same fear that you see in your head. Yeah, I was just gonna say, do you just, let's say for elderly kids, right? But just wondering. I'm sorry? Elderly kids? Uh, two and six. Two and six. Do, so the, does a six-year-old see you as a role model with what you're doing? <laughs> yes, I mean, like, it's really funny because a lot of times what she's saying, she's like, Oh, like mom, daddy, like you need some extra money. Let me open an eleven store, or I can do this, or I can do that. Sometimes, like she's like, oh, mommy, you want to put like some stuff on my shelf? How about you rent it from me? And they, <laughs> they pick stuff, pick up stuff really quickly. It's like your parents would see like, what? Why are you? It's more like a, the funny thing is, your kids see you as a role model, but your parents see you as a still like, oh, the person who has improved herself, yeah, kind of thing. And I was like, you're kind of navigating through. At least you. You're navigating through a very interesting area where at least on people underneath you see you as an idol, but people above you, they don't see you as anything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> no, I, I can, I can say, I can sense that because everyone, whoever starts anything, people underneath them usually support them. People above them start are very critical of them. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing in kind of like the corporate world structure. If you're the manager of, of uh, you know, manager of a, of a division within the company, 
the people underneath you will will respect you as long as you take care of them well but the people above you are like get the results or you're fired <laughs> yes like but i think like that's where maybe this misconception comes where people like treat you from like where you are right now but not necessarily from where you will be in some years yeah. you know and that's where like sometimes the discrepancy comes comes together and, and you see like also a lot of people who made it like out of like nothing they also talk about this like Ooh, and now you know like some three four years later somebody needs me who was talking shit and was who was talking down on me like some years ago you know so like that's that happens all the time yeah and so well who was your most difficult co client that you worked with let's say like oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, the yeah. question <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to mention actual names but just say the who what that person did and what is it like what was the difficult part like how do you have that person you know It'll say yeah. So overcame that. So go ahead. So people who are heavy overthinkers, like, are really difficult to work with because, like, my whole thing is like just jump into action. Like you can't figure it out by like making some theoretical assumptions about stuff. The only way to figure it out is just start doing something, anything that like moves you into the direction of what you want to do. Right? Like on the way, you will figure it out. You maybe make mistakes. For sure, you will make mistakes, and it's gonna hurt, but you're gonna learn from it. So people who like get stuck in this like paralysis by analysis when they're like, oh yeah, like like everything perfect, like and also a lot of times people start coming up with stories, you know, like why like why they're not feeling like doing something, like oh maybe it's the wrong idea, maybe it's something. So like we had a couple of clients like this who like got really stuck in this in, in denial about the the fact that they just need to go out and try. So that's usually like the most difficult part to overcome. It's like. It's all here in the head. It's not about the strategy. The strategy must, they can be like the best strategy in the world, right? Like, and everything figured out. But your psychology is the business owner. That's that's very different. And so, in the so, where do you see this going in the next couple of years? Especially, you said you're going into the startup world, right? Yeah, like we we just kind of like started uh, with um, startup Lisbon because like we're based close to Lisbon and we part of their rocket program and we're gonna teach 35 um, startup founders more like mindsets and stress management, leadership um, tools and skills. And um, generally like our our idea of what we want to do is like it's, um, it's not one pillar of the business and coaching is not the only pillar, but we really want to work on this community that we are creating of this like really purpose-driven entrepreneurs. And um, we want to start with our own uh, platform for um, this entrepreneur. So like, I don't know, like in the US, maybe you heard of Boss Babe. So think Boss Babe, but purpose-driven um, direction where it's really like, I don't know, you have something like business Tinder where people can find partners for uh, for each other, where there are like a lot of relevant masterclasses on like, I don't know, um, how to do pitch to investors, um, finances, accounting, um, I don't know, copyrights and markets and sales, like whatever you need, like when you're just starting out, right? Like for this like very first stages. So we want to have this, like there is an idea also of having like um, artificial intelligence in terms of like having the algorithm of helping people to find ideas as well, like as a, as a support function. So this is something that we're working on right now. Plus, uh, my husband is a lot about um, community. So we are thinking about the project here in Portugal because um, there is a beautiful land that's, that we found. Like it costs two million, which we don't have yet, but like we're working on the project, maybe finding investors to do like a co-living project uh, with a co-working where it would be like a village for like purpose-driven entrepreneurs where people can come together, like brainstorm 
different projects, something that makes an impact on, on the world, either, either like socially or environmentally. And we would be like just facilitating and helping people to connect and um, brainstorm this idea. So this is like everything that we're working on right now. Step by step. So started, starting small, but the, the idea is to go vegan. All right, cool, Olga. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your time and your intro. Oh, sorry, thank you for your time for coming on the Next in Time podcast. Sorry, I think by the way I was saying that was if I was interviewing some random interviewer. But I just want to thank you again for coming on the Next in Time podcast, and I am looking forward to seeing how this business takes off. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.